Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. So I want you to open your Bibles this morning because God has a message for you that will really encourage you. I'm going to tell you, you will not leave here the same because I will... I believe the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you about the supernaturalness of dreams. Everybody say dreams. dreams. Now, when I look at Genesis 37, I see that Joseph had a dream. But I don't think at that time he had any idea how far the dream would go. So when we look at this in verse 5, now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him anymore, even more. Now remember, Joseph was very young, next to the youngest, and very bright, and very spiritual, and his brothers did not like it. You know, Do, have you ever had family that is jealous of you? Yeah. Say yuck three times, yuck, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've all had some of these things. And I think they're jealous of us sometimes because of our walk with God. I think, you know, I remember when I first started in the ministry, uh, I had a wonderful aunt. I loved her very dearly. But she said to me, you know, you're an embarrassment to me. You could have been getting your doctorate and doing something with your life. But what have you done? You just thrown it away for some crazy little religious stuff. Crazy? I don't think so. You know, and going to the nations has been powerful to me. Now, I'm just going to show you a quickie of Pakistan, but I'm going to share with you how this dream started. I started praying over the nations of the world, and it took me an hour and a 15 minutes to pray on every nation in the world. But when I would pray and I would come to Islamic nations, I would have such a warm feeling. And God began to open doors for me as a woman in Muslim countries. So where do I go the most? To Muslim countries. And they just love me. And I love them. And they haven't killed me. So <laughs> this, <laughs> this that you're seeing is the largest meeting I ever had in Pakistan. We had a million. And I want to tell you, dream big dreams. And hold on to them. Don't let them go. Because those dreams are what make you supernatural. So put your hand on your heart. Say, I won't forget. My dreams keep me supernatural. I cannot let go of the supernatural. So here is Joseph. He dreams these two dreams. You know, the sheaves bow down to him. The sun, moon, and stars bow down to him. Now, again, your dreams don't always make you popular with your relatives. And plus, I think he, he was very, he had a lot of talent, a lot of ability. And his father, he's the second from the youngest, puts him in charge of the whole estate. So he had an ability. So I'm saying this for a purpose because everyone here has abilities, right? Put your hand on your heart. Say, I have abilities. Now, when we begin to process those, you don't start up here, you start here. Remember, he started his ability 
was really organizing and putting things together on his father's farm. But then his father, he was so uh, pleased with what he could do, he gave him a many-colored coat, and that made them really jealous of it. So he goes out. I'm not reading this word for word, but I hope you're familiar with it. But if you're not, you can get familiar. And so he goes out, you know, to give his brothers instructions. And they said, here comes a dreamer. Now, what was that? Dreams can make people nervous around you. When you begin to say, well, I'm dreaming of winning my neighborhood to the Lord. Or I'm dreaming of my son who's on drugs to be set free. Or, you know, I'm dreaming for a big raise, a lot of money. I have to tell you something hilarious about money. The first time I went to Pakistan, I was lacking $30,000, and I went anyway. And I stopped in Indonesia on the way to have some meetings, didn't tell anybody anything. I'm lacking $30,000. So I'm sitting in the lobby, but I'm trusting God. I'm sitting in the lobby, and this man, who is a Christian, said, I think I know who you are. Are you Marilyn Hickey? I said, yes. I said, I'm on my way to Pakistan. He said, really? He had a big briefcase. He said, uh, do you need some money? I said, well, do I need some money? I always need some money. But anyway, I said, I'm lacking $30,000. And he opened his briefcase and said, you're not now. And gave me that. And I have found that God is not always on our time. He's very last minute, isn't he? But we can trust him to the last minute. So, again, your dreams don't always make you popular. So here he is, and he comes to his brothers to give them instruction. They're not slap happy with him. He's daddy's pet, and they grab him and throw him into a pit. Now, I want to tell you something. Nobody can steal your dreams. Only you can let them go. So stand up. It's good for you. Exercise is really good. Put your hand on your heart. Say, no one can steal my dreams. Only I can let them go. And I'm not letting them go. In Jesus' name. Amen. So hold on to your dreams. You can be seated. That's what really makes you, what can I say, successful. So I remember when I first wanted to go on television, I went to a secular uh, station in our city, and I had to meet with their board. And the board said to me, you're not television material. You really should just stay with the radio because you'd never make it on television. But you know, God thinks you can do anything. Put your hand on your heart again. Say, God thinks I can do anything. And so, you know, they're saying all this, no, you're not television material. And one man, not a Christian on the board, said, well, I think we should try her. I think she'll pay her bill. That's 45 years ago. I'm still on television. He's not. So we are here. We are here to be supernatural. So look at someone beside you. Say, honey. I know something about you. You're here. You're here to be supernatural. Absolutely. So your dreams really make you supernatural. Now, 
Watch the process. I don't, you know, I wish God would hurry up with things. I think, I'm snapping my fingers. You're not listening. I want you to hurry. But the process is very good for us because it develops us. So when I look at this, you know, because he's a dreamer, they throw him into a pit and sell him. My goodness. And he's taken as a slave. You say, wow, it doesn't seem like your dreams get you very far. And sometimes with supernatural dreams, we have persecutions and the devil tries to steal them. So stand up. They say, exercise. Oh, yeah. Say, I'm not letting go of my dreams. The devil's not going to steal them. And God is going to fulfill them in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So he's sold into slavery and to Egypt. And so there are things the devil will really try to do to devour your dreams. I mean, he'll really try to steal them. People will discourage you. All kinds of junk can come along. But if you let it go, you're letting go of the supernatural. And so I want you to see that and feel that and know that this morning. When you leave here, I want you to know I am supernatural. Say, I am supernatural. The dreams God has for me make me supernatural. Now, I, I look back when I was six years old and lived in Texas, and I would lie on the ground and look up at the sky and see airplanes and say, someday I'll be on an airplane. Well, now I live on them. I, didn't, I think the dream was a little big. But, you know, you don't know how God is going to use you. So you have to really hold on to these things. And though people will tell you, you're going to be a failure. Uh, I had a man who came to our church, an evangelist, and because I did home Bible studies, and, you know, I didn't play a keyboard, I didn't lead the worship, I didn't have women's missionary council, he said to me, of all the pastor's wives I know, you're the biggest example of a failure. I said, well, why do you think I'm a failure? Those silly little home Bible studies that you do. Now, let me tell you why I did those home Bible studies. We weren't having lost people come to our church. And that bothered me. And I went to God and said, we're not having lost people. And God said to me, if you want the lost, you have to go where they are. They're not going to come to you. So I began to have home Bible studies. And in those home Bible studies, people would come over a cup of coffee and a cookie and a Bible and get saved. And so pretty soon I had 22 home Bible studies. And they said to me, why don't you go on the radio? And they felt led to pay for it. I felt led to receive it. And so, you see, holding on to the dream, and then eventually, of course, I got into television, television all over the world. But there are always people who will say things, especially family, that could steal your dream. But if you let them do it, you'll lose the supernatural. Now, when I go through this and watch this, it is so interesting, you know, that he's sold as a slave into Egypt, and he's very true to God. He doesn't compromise his stand. And so he goes to work for Potiphar. If you remember this story, Potiphar is a very wealthy Egyptian. And Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. Say, yuck, twice. Yuck, yuck. yuck. And he refuses her. 
And then she accuses him of trying to seduce her, and he gets thrown into prison. Now, it doesn't look like your dreams are very good. But I notice how he held on to his dreams, and he was supernatural in prison. Folks, if you hold on to your dream, you can be supernatural in all kinds of occasions. So I'm going to tell you about one time I was on an airplane, and this man was sitting beside me, and I said, what do you do? He said, well, you know, he told me what he did, and he was an accountant. He said, what do you do? I said, well, I teach the Bible. You know, my husband's a pastor. He said, oh, brother, what a dull life you have. And I thought, you know, this could be a big opportunity. I said, why do you think it's dull? He said, well, you can't smoke. Oh, I said, I smoke all I want to. Really? You're a pastor's wife. What kind of a church? And I told him the church. He said, well, you can't drink. Oh, I said, I, you're wrong. I can drink all I want to. He said, well, you can't commit adultery. I said, you're totally wrong. I can commit adultery all I want to. What? Does your husband know you talk like this? I said, yes, he knows. He said, wow, that's terrible. I said, I just don't want to because I have Jesus in my heart. So I really got an opportunity. So, you know, what I like about Joseph, he took opportunities in all of the process. So he gets thrown in prison. Now, how many of you know the more you practice at anything, the better you get? So in the prison, two men have dreams. And Joseph interprets their dreams. Now, what is he doing? Practicing. See, folks, don't expect to start up here. It always starts here. Everybody say practice. And so he interprets their dreams. And then the Pharaoh hears about him. And the Pharaoh is really interested because he has had some dreams and he doesn't understand them. So his cupbearer who met Joseph in the prison says, I know a man who interprets dreams. Well, where is he? Well, he's in prison. Well, go get him. So they get him and Joseph comes and he interprets the dreams of the Pharaoh. And then he gets a new coat. If you read in your Bible, I mean, the devil may steal your clothes, but the devil's going to have to bring them back, only nicer. You know, I want to tell you something real carnal. Are you okay with that? If you want to hear something really carnal, raise both hands. <laughs> I love Zara. Oh, my goodness. And most cities have them, and they're different in different countries. So it gets very dangerous for me. So, you know, here he is with these coats of authority. But you see, your dream has purpose. Everybody say, my dreams, my dreams. have divine purpose. So when he interprets Pharaoh's dreams, I don't think he began to know what was going to happen. Oh, my goodness. And he tells them there'll be seven years, you know, of plenty and seven years, you know, when there'll be famine. You need to gather up in the plenty and have food ready for the famine. So the Pharaoh listened to him and did that very thing. Now, I don't think Joseph probably realized what was going to happen out of this and sometimes I think we don't know how big it got. And so they start selling food to countries around them. And Joseph's family are really in need. 
So the father says, you know, go down to Egypt. They have food and buy some food. And they come down to Egypt. They don't have a clue who Joseph is and what he's going to do. And he literally saves his family from starvation because he held on to his dreams. So stand up, turn around, and look at me. Say, my dreams can bring a turnaround in people, situations, circumstances, and the world. Ha ha, devil. Ha ha, devil. You lost. Amen. You could be seated. Now, that family was saved. That is absolutely awesome that that family got saved. You say, well, what's the big deal? Because that family would produce the Messiah. And God saw that. And so I looked at this. I've gone through this many times. I love this. And I, I watched what Joseph says in all of his timing. When his brothers come to him, if they had come to me first, I'd have slapped them sideways. And he kind of, you know, go, makes them go through some things. But finally, finally, he reveals himself. And, you know, we know people by their words, right? And this is what he says to them. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Oh, that's how powerful your dream is. The devil will try to destroy it, but God means it for good. So I want you to stand up again. You say, oh, brother, it's good for you. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Father, help me to hold on to the dreams. I'm not giving up. In due time, I shall reap if I don't faint. And I don't believe in fainting. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Now, you see Sarah. She's on television with us, you know, and her husband is a pastor. Her children are real. My grandchildren are real turned on to God. But I don't know if you know I have an adopted son. And he, let's see, he's like 56 now. When we adopted him, he was three and a half, a uh, little bit retarded, got into drugs, and always a problem, just a problem. Say yuck twice, yuck, yuck, because you think, oh, well, her life has been a picnic. No, nobody has picnics, but we have parties of celebration. So, you know, I prayed, I believe God, and he had one natural daughter, and the mother's drug addict. He had one daughter that Barbara had, the mother had had before, who was four and a half. So they moved back to another state, to Ohio. And I felt like the Lord really dealt with me. You're getting older. You better be sure they're in the kingdom. So I went back to see them. And it was shocking how successful they are. Very successful. All of them. And open to God. One of them has gotten born again and turned on to God. And now the is following with the others. So on the plane, coming home, I said, I was just crying and crying. I said, Lord, you're so good to me. And this is what he said to me. You know, why are you surprised you prayed for them every day? 
So stand up. Put your hand on your heart. Say, my prayers work. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We believe that. The, God, the devil doesn't get our family. No way. Okay, you can be seated. God began to call me to cover the earth with the word. Well, how do you do that? Healing. Healing is God's dinner bell. And I haven't found Buddha heals. Don't be mad at me. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I won't get mad at you. I haven't found that Muhammad heals. But I have found that Jesus heals. And healing is the dinner bell. So look at your hands. I'm going to pray over them. Say, Father, you told me to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. I thank you. Healing is the bread of the children. And I have the bread to offer right here in my city, my neighborhood, my family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we, you say, well, I don't, I don't feel spiritual. Folks, sometimes I go to these countries, I have jet lag. I feel as spiritual as a mouse. And I said to the Lord, oh, I have to pray for the sick. I have jet lag. You know, I'm tired. And he said, I'm not. It's not your name that's going to heal them. It's mine. So put your confidence in him. Now, how did I get started in all of this? Well, actually, I got born again at 16. And I remember before I got born again, I thought, I'm hungry for God, but where is he? Is he in the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church? And the Lord said to me, I'm in the Word. And I began reading the Word, memorizing books of the Bible. So the Word has sustained me and kept me and given me energy. So I really want to encourage you to get in the Word, let the Word get in you, and read the Bible every day. So turn to someone on the right. Say, honey, this is good for you. You need this. Now turn to the left. Say, honey, this is really good for you. You need this. Now, when did it begin? It began really when I got born again at 16. I heard the message of salvation. God was drawing my heart, and I got born again. And when you get born again, you absolutely get into a supernatural life. And I'm not saying you don't have problems and all kinds of things, but I'm just saying you're going to live supernaturally through the problems too. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.